Tune in to the Post-Victory Formation Podcast every Wednesday to hear Kyle and I's in-depth thoughts about the latest news around the league. All right, everybody, welcome back to another week of the the Post-Victory Formation Podcast. You've got Mike and Kyle here. We are one week into preseason football, so just over a little less than a month away now from the regular season kicking off. Very exciting times. Um, Mike, I don't really want to dive in too much into week one of fantasy football, or I'm sorry, of preseason football, because we've got a couple big stories that broke this week. We have two running backs that have been subjects of our discussion in prior episodes. Both of them have found new homes, and both of them are in the AFC East. So, Mike, Ezekiel Elliott, he's got a one-year deal with the Patriots, and Dalvin Cook also one-year deal with the New York Jets. Which which move is more surprising to you? I think for me, on surface, I think the Dalvin Cook move is actually surprises me more. Yes. Ju- just for the fact that they have... Brees Hall. Brees Hall. And... and- they had to have known that he was going to get cleared because, like, fuck, I don't know, like, a couple hours later or the next day he got cleared. Yeah, Br- yeah, Brees gets, yeah, he lo- loses the injury designation. Yep, so he's good to go wild, crazy, one-two punch running backs right there. And I think they're going to get utilized the same. Maybe Brees Hall a little bit more younger, doesn't have as many miles on him, but Dalvin Cook to have is a backup or even a 50-50 split running back. Crazy. And they're not paying them, what, the 8.6 million? Yeah, 8.6 yeah, eight, million. Eight, six. You're not paying somebody 8.6 million to not play them. Yeah, this is really a, this is a team that has two clear RB1s in my mind, and this is probably one of the top three running back rotations in the NFL. I don't think I don't think I'm going on a limb there saying that. But this kind of this is kind of setting up the way the Patriots or I'm not the Patriots, Packers were set up last year with their one two punch at running back with uh Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon. I could see that the Jets with Aaron Rodgers kinda kind of aligning themselves to become a run-first team. I mean, when you have two running backs that high a caliber back, you do take a lot of pressure off Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, even Matt LaFleur made a comment. He was like, he called them the Green Bay East because it's like, you can tell. I know, was it Robert Slay, correct, head coach? Robert Salah. Or Salah. Um, He... I think he's kind of letting Aaron Rodgers take the reins here on what he wants, and I'm sure that was a major part of him coming over to the Jets, like kind of give him free reign of what he wants to do because this is starting to shape up extremely like a Green Bay Packers offense. Kind of Green Bay never did anything for Aaron Rodgers, so you got to remember that. I mean, just ask true. Aaron. Yeah, 
apparently we're just scumbags of the earth. Correct. But, but I, I, he's going to be a great asset for him. It's crazy to see what happens, but I'm just going to throw this out there. I keep saying it. Brooklyn Nets, super team. Yeah. That. They did nothing. I'm going to keep throwing that out there. So Yeah, but at the same time, though, Nets had a lot of curmudgeons on the team. A lot of guys that have been around the league for a while. There's still some real good young talent on the Jets. But if it does go si- get sideways and it Implosion. poisons the well with the younger players like Garrett Wilson or Brees Hall or even or Sauce you know, Gardner going over the defensive side of the ball with Sauce, yeah, it, it could get real toxic real fast. He's getting his necklace back real quick. Uh, want to touch on Ezekiel Elliott? I, I want to touch on that a lot more than what we did the Jets. Okay, I it's like intriguing. I like the move just for the fact that if you look at the running backs behind Ramondre Stevenson, it's a bunch of nobodies. I think Zeke comes in. He's the clear number two behind Ramondre. I think Zeke's, we both agree, Zeke's days as being a number one back are over. But, you know, again, the Patriots are going to be a run-heavy team. I don't see them wanting to air the ball out with Mac Jones at the helm. Bringing Zeke in to just kind of be that hammer back that I believe the league's getting away from it fits the Patriot system. It seems like a page that seems like a Patriot move to me. And I yeah. know there's a lot, there's a lot of pundits out there that question this move, but the Patriots are making it very clear what they want to be on offense. And that is a grinded out time of possession, put Mac Jones in situations where it's a play action or a short pass, you know, the old three yards and a cloud of dust offense. And they're, you know, Bill Belichick is staking his claim that he's going to keep this old school smash mouth football. And I don't, I'm not, I would not be one that be willing to sign up for it, but you know what? I also don't have seven Super Bowl rings. So. Dude, they're both power backs, which I mean, Ramadre Stevenson ain't going full tilt, running it. It's, I mean, any cornerback or safety is going to catch him. Yeah. Um, same. But he's not he, fast. Zeke is not fast. Fast. But power back, as you said, three yards. I think we've brought up this comparison before, kind of like a little Navy versus Army play type here. Just keep punching it down. Let Mac Jones kind of sit back a little bit. Really think about what he's doing with the football. You know, not put so much pressure on him. Ramadre kind of came out, you know, the last two years, but more so last year. Yeah, a nice year. A, a, a good year. You know, you're starting to look up to him. And then, hey, let's take a little bit off of Ramadre. Let's bring in Ezekiel Elliott. I think he's going to do a lot of benefit for the football team. I'm not an Ezekiel Elliott fan by no means, but do I think he can go there under Bill Belichick and you know, maybe you do see him turn up. Maybe bring something back this year. You know, your Bill Belichick. I, I'm not. I mean, I could see it. 
being, I don't know, if they utilize them both, I could see them maybe grabbing 800, 900 all I was just yards. thinking that, Mike, right around like an 800-yard season. I think Ramondre's the clear number one, but Zeke's going to get his touches. And with this, the Patriots are going to know if they've got something with Mac Jones or not because with the Patriots biasing their offense towards being a, a run-heavy offense. Mac's going to get a lot of one-on-one opportunities on the outside with his receivers, and it's going to be up to him to deliver on those passes. So this signing kind of feels, almost feels like a uh, kind of calling out Mac Jones, like, hey, we know you're not the guy passing the ball, and shoot, do they turn to Bailey Zappi at some point during the season? But they're saying, hey, we're bringing in another power back. We're going to grind teams down. We're going to try to wear them out. We know this league's going more towards a uh, passing league. Teams aren't built as much to stop you know, these teams that want to just grind you, grind you down and run, seven, have 70% of their plays be run plays. So... I'll be interested to see how this plays out. Personally, I don't think the Patriots are going to do much of anything this year, but you know what? With the signing, you can see the direction that they want their team to go from the offensive side of the ball. And I know I said eight to 900 yards. I think the Patriots are just going to be another eight to nine win team as well. Kind of what they've been doing the last couple of years until they really find their niche. And maybe this year it is, and they do find their niche and they pull out, you know, 10, 11, 12 wins. But yeah, their, man, they their got, division's not getting any easier. Yeah, exactly. So, they got such tough sledding in their division. It's like you look at the teams and let's say Tua stays healthy. I mean, can you see can you see them splitting a series with Miami, with the Jets, with the Bills? No. I mean, I mean, maybe two of the three they split, but even so, that's going to give you a two, two and four record in your in your division, which that's not going to get you where you need no. to go when it comes time to uh, vying for a playoff berth. The thing that the Patriots have for them, though, is, as you said, seven Super Bowl wins, not as the team, but they have Mr. Bill Belichick coaching it, and I just never count that out. Yeah, exactly. He's got to deal with the devil. And they find a way. I don't know how they do it, but even when things seem abysmal, they still find a way to be there in the mix at the end of the season. Now, on that, we're going to go over to the Colts, switch it up ahead of the QB there, and uh, Anthony Richardson is named a starter for the 2023 season. Yes. Um they said how shocked he was on how he's been at practice preseason. Um, you know, they have Gardner Minshew in there that I don't know why nobody likes him. I still think he's decent. Um, but they named him as the you know number one starter, and I think, I think he's going to be damn good. I'm not an Anthony Richardson believer. He is more raw. He is a more raw prospect than Lamar was when Lamar was coming out of Louisville. And 
his only saving grace, and I think it's going to inflate some of his numbers this year, is just how bad of a division he's in. The Jags are going to be the clear number one, and then you've got the rebuilding Titans, and you've got the rebuilding Texans, and the Colts themselves are rebuilding. So, that being said, I don't care whether I like the quarterback or not. With that situation in your division, I don't mind rolling out my rookie quarterback as the week one starter and just letting him learn all season because he's not facing just a gauntlet of teams that could, you know, after seven or eight weeks get into his head, it really start giving confidence issues. He's going to be playing against, he's going to be playing against a lot of bad football teams. And it's still the NFL, but it's almost like he's playing an NFL light schedule with having to face the Titans, the Colts, or I'm sorry, not the Colts, the Texans. And that's four games right there where it's not going to be too terribly overwhelming. So I like the move again. My thoughts aside on Anthony Richardson a team like that in a struggling conference, it's the right move to roll out your rookie as your week one starter. And not to mention, Jonathan Taylor reported to training camp. Yeah, we'll see how long he stays. So now we're going to get done with that. We're still waiting for September 7th for the Lions versus Kansas City for Kansas City to come out and stomp the Lions. So it's going to happen every game this year. For the Lions. Well, like, you know. What, Kyle? Whatever you say. So, fantasy football, bunch of team or bunch of people I've already been seeing on pages. Uh, people have been doing their drafts already. A little quick to the start here, I think, with injuries still kind of piling up. Um, but I would like to talk a little bit about, I know we've been heavy on the running back, but it's just been so... I mean, it's such a big topic in the NFL lately. Um, I you want to up, start with you want to start with fantasy running backs? Yes, I do want to start with fantasy running backs, just because something really like throws me off here. Okay, um, well, bef- before you get started, let's just we got to give credit. This article, Yahoo Sports, came out yesterday. It is their 2023 fantasy football ratings rankings of individual players. So Mike would like to start with the running back. So go ahead, Mike. So what, what is throwing you off here? Bijan Robinson at number four. With only Christian McCaffrey, Austin Eckler, and Nick Chubb above that. Throwing I don't think that's a stretch. Way I, don't, off. I don't think that's a stretch at all. You look at Arthur Smith's offense, that is uh that is another run heavy offense. And Bijan, he's he's a back that he's got drafted in the top eight. A lot of teams were, you know, rumored to trade up to get him. He goes to Atlanta. It's a run-heavy first offense. He's going to get his touches, Mike. And again, this is this goes back to like the Anthony Richardson situation. NFC South, not good. So 
he's going to have some porous defenses to run through and and get some numbers. So Bijan at number four, I don't think that's a stretch at all. So to have someone like Kenneth Walker at 19 after his performance last year. But again, Mike, 49ers defense, good. Rams, they still have Aaron Donald. He's pretty good. Now, Cardinals, they're dead. I you, Nothing to say there. But, and Walker's coming off an injury. So you're taking B. John Robinson above Saquon and everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Bijan, that's actually, this is my first time looking at this list, and I think Bijan at four, that's, that's pretty appropriate. I was going to, if if I'd have been, had a blind draw and just you laid out the running backs in front of me, unlisted in any order, I probably had Bijan in that, you know, four, five, six area. Okay. Now we're going to roll from that. I'm going to go back to quarterbacks. Hold on. No, no. You, I, okay. I got. I'm looking at this list. And what's she think? What's she think? I think. Talk to me. You know, a little underrated. I think. You, we've got Josh Jacobs at nine. I think that's a little overrated. And I think Travis Etienne at 11 is underrated. I think Etienne's going to have a really nice year down in Jacksonville. Uh, Brees Hall, he's at 15. I think the thing that hurts Brees Hall, love Brees Hall, but I think the thing that hurts him now is having... Um, shoot, we just talked about him. Dalvin Cook coming Cook. in there. And he's going to steal some touches away from Brees. So while both Brees Hall and Dalvin Cooks are very good running backs, I'm not drafting either of them for my fantasy team because they're going to be robbing. They're going to be robbing touches from each other. Or you could be really bold and you could pick up both of them as your RB one and RB two. Um, quick I question. Also, like Jameer Gibbs at sixteen think he's going to be a value i think he's got an opportunity to be this year's kenneth walker uh that's a stout statement he's a lot of reports from camp that he's been pretty unstoppable mike so i i'm excited to see what he what he has to offer um who's cam Akers backup again that was like splitting it last year um spacing out come on with the now. rams yeah well, he had a he had a couple. He had, I think Henderson was there for a minute. No, it wasn't Henderson. No, oh, that was two, that was two years ago. You no. had uh, he was injured. Kyle, you had Cam Akers, and you had not Kyron Williams. No, um. Kyle, why can we not do this right now? He was there for... So, not Sony Michelle. No. Um, He was the backup. There's been so many Rams running backs here, Mike, that it's not... Uh... Karen you... Williams just came... Royce Freeman. No, it wasn't Royce Freeman. Who the hell was it? Because Kyron Williams just came in as a... Yeah, he just yeah, got drafted. Yeah, he's a rookie. Yeah. Cause Anyways, where are you going with this? Cam Akers has been getting banged up a lot lately. Yep. I'm not touching Cam Akers. So he's a little high on the list for me. At 20? 
above Alexander Madison, who I think is going to be putting out some stuff. Yeah, Madison's going to be getting his touches. Yeah. James Conner, I mean, I, I don't see Cam Akers up there above them. Montgomery, he's going to be getting a lot of the touches just for how the Lions are going to run things. Isaiah Pacheco, I mean, yeah. I think. Even dead guy Alvin Kamara, probably yeah, I, I would put above Cam Akers. Yeah, it was, it was it was weird to see him. Or Jamal Williams. I mean, there's a lot. Putting Cam Akers at 20 is a stretch. Okay, well, I, I I don't think our if you're if you're looking at players in the twenties, you know, yeah, it's more of a flex role, I think, at this point. But just for our listeners, we'll go through the list real quick. Uh, number ten, Najee Harris, Pittsburgh. Number nine, Josh Jacobs. I think he's too high. Jonathan Taylor at number eight for the Colts. Again, we don't know if he's going to remain at the Colts, but right now he's number eight. You got Derrick Henry at number seven. I think that's too high for Derrick Henry. Number six, got Tony Pollard. You know, he's the number clear number one now in Dallas, so I I think that's appropriate. You got Saquon at five. Little high for me, but he's still a top ten in my mind. You got Bijan at number four, which Mike finds grossly offensive. Number three, you got Nick Chubb at <laughs> Cleveland. I don't... Uh, I got to see the Cleveland offense and what it looks like before I put Nick Chubb at three. Austin Eckler at two. Eh. All-purpose yards, yes. Yeah, he'll get his, yeah, yeah, all-purpose yards. Yep, I'm I'm good with that. And then, of course, number one for what seems like the 17th year in a row, <laughs> yeah, Christian shit. McCaffrey. Uh, but, but, again, in a much better situation than he have ever been in when compared to the teams in Carolina that he was surrounded with. And the 13 head coaches. Correct. So, Mike, moving over to quarterbacks. There's one person in the top 10 that I think needs to be promptly removed okay. and thrown way down the list. So I'm going to read the top 10, and I'm going to see if I can get it. <laughs> so we'll we'll start. we'll start at number 10. And I think this is the guy that you want ejected from the list. Number 10, Daniel Jones. No. Okay, then it's going to be this next guy. Number 9, Deshaun Watson. Yes, he needs to be removed and thrown way the hell down this list. Yep, I would agree with that. Trevor Lawrence at 8, I think that is... Appropriate. See, I don't I don't think this is appropriate. Let me get back. I'll, we'll get back in a minute get back to that in a minute seven you got justin herbert no issue six joe burrow no issue five justin fields way no too issue high. It, uh, all purpose yards number four lamar I'd, I'd probably put fields above lamar personally that's just me uh number three josh allen i think this is way too high for josh allen because he has shown to be an interception machine these past two years Number two, Pat Mahomes. No argument there as far as him being a top three quarterback, but being behind Jalen Hurts at number one. Interesting. I don't know about that one. I still, it's now, if you look at the receiver core, yes, Hurts has the advantage, but man, we've seen Mahomes do it day in and day out with nobodies at wide receiver. So 
in my mind, the writers putting Hurts at number one over Mahomes are just looking at the overall team situation. Yeah, I think I think if they removed the nine and ten, pulled Deshaun Watson and Daniel Jones out of there. I don't know how Anthony Richardson's already ahead of Aaron Rodgers, Brock Purdy, Jared Goff. But um Yeah, that's that yeah, Anthony folks, Anthony Richardson is at fourteen on this list. That is we may need to drug test the writers for that <laughs> yes. because that is to have a he's, way above he is Jordan in my Love. bottom he is in my bottom five of <laughs> draftable quarterbacks. He's ahead of Oh, wow, man. He's ahead of... He's ahead of Big Russ. I mean, that's fine. He's ahead of Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Jordan Love, Matt Stafford, Derek Carr, Jared Goff. And by the way, folks, I mean, we got Jordan Love here at 24, Matt Stafford at 22, Derek Carr at 20, Rock Purdy, 17. Okay, so, so let me ask you this, Mike. You've got... Was I correct in you wanting to eject Daniel Jones out of the top 10 also? Yes. I want to throw Deshaun below even playing. So, yeah, you've got Deshaun, you've got Daniel. Who outside the top 10 are you throwing in there? Um, Just out of pure speculation on how I think this year is going to go, Mr. Number 15, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I knew we you were going to ta- say that. Well, not even because of whatever. We just talked about how stupid crazy that team is. But um, again, it's going to be a run. It's going to be a, a okay. run play action team. I will Okay, I will say yes to that. I will change my mind. I will throw Geno Smith up there. See, and- I don't mind I don't mind that. I don't that lot of talent on that offense for Geno. I'm going to throw Geno Smith in there at nine. And then is Brock Purdy healthy? See, I would say, yeah, Brock Purdy at 17. I've got no problem with Geno. I would also consider if Tua's going to stay healthy, he is going to be, I would put him in the top 10. I like, I do like Purdy being closer to the top 10 from the standpoint of protecting the football. You can make the same argument for Jared Goff. Look at his touchdown interception ratio last year is one of the top he was one of the top 5 most efficient passers in the league. So while they may not be the highest point scorers each week, those guys aren't going to shoot themselves in the foot and cost you points by throwing, you know, ill-advised passes and resulting in interceptions those guys are good at protecting the rocks so while they may lack a little bit on yardage you know what you're going to get as far as ball security yeah no i because they've got yeah sorry to cut you off but i'm looking at sam howell at 21 above stafford above jordan love above Tannehill. i mean shoot Couple of, a couple Garoppolo. of these writers need to be looked at. Yeah, I mean, I'm putting, I'm putting Deshaun Watson down there by like Jarrett Stidham, all the way down there at forty. <laughs> not, 
All right. Yeah. Put him down below Colt McCoy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Colt McCoy's a thug, dude. We'll put that, Colt uh, McCoy up. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. I'm, let's, we'll, we'll touch on the wide receivers and then we will, we'll save the last three for, uh, next week. All right. Well, you know what? Let's, let's give our, our players a tease. We'll, we'll skip wide receivers. That'll be our hot, hot position next week let's go to we're gonna go we'll go defense you want to go defense all right we'll We'll go defense defense. here so defense we've got number 10 the miami dolphins number nine you've got the Bengals. number eight the ravens number seven the patriots number six the broncos number five the jets number four the bills you might be noticing a pattern here. These are all AFC teams. <laughs> Number three, we get into the NFC with the Eagles, two, the Cowboys, and one, the 49ers. So I'm making a swap right off the bat. Okay. I am polling. I am polling the There's Broncos one cl- defense out, and I am replacing it with the Washington Commanders. See, I was going to pull the bills out, but I think I, we have, I think we have similar thought processes here is whenever the bills or the Broncos have a team with a high flying offense come in, they're giving up 30 a game. Now, when they're playing teams that are at their level or they're bad teams, yeah, they'll hold them to 10 points or less, but it seems like when they face a true offense, they always get torched. Yep. So I'd be I would drop the Bills way down from four. And, and I would look I would probably just shift most of those teams up. I do like uh Pittsburgh's defense, especially with their with their division, minus, you know, playing Cincinnati. I think the Steelers probably should be hovering around that ten spot. I am also moving Cincinnati Bengals down <laughs> and I am going to pull up Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, Kansas City currently ranked number 12 on this list. And I'm definitely bumping up the Packers so I'm not just because they're my team. I mean Yeah, I, I honestly was going to say the same thing. I think both, I think the Packers, they're, curr- they're, they're 18 low. on this list. I think they're a little better than that. I think they're probably closer to that 12, 13, 14 range. I think the Lions are a little underrated too. Is they're at down at 21. Um you know, last half of last season, statistically they were a top 10 unit. Their secondary is much improved. I think they're they're they should be closer to that 15 mark just for start of the season. We'll see how that te- how that unit meshes. The biggest surprise, I think, though, on this list, Mike, is 24 Seattle. I was just on God about to say Seattle Seahawks need to be moved up this list some. Yeah, they, Pete Carroll always finds a way to to have that team play stout defense. Throw some bubblegum at them. 
they're they're not play they got the 49ers but they're not facing offensive juggernauts in the Rams and the and the Cardinals so from that alone I feel like there's some value there in bumping them up but at the same time looking at these rankings a lot of these rankings are going to be there's not going to be much deviation between the different sites so whichever leagues are managing your fantasy your fantasy football leagues, it's good to take a look at these lists and kind of see where you can, you know, you can snag a team that, you know, if a guy comes in and he's just looking at, okay, I've, I've got the, I've got the number five defense as the highest ranked remaining defense left on my board. I got to go grab them. Now, take a look down this list because some of these lists, I mean, Mike and I both agree that some of these teams, we think they're a little undervalued. We think others are overvalued. So these are all things to take into consider prior to your draft. And prior to the draft, if you guys follow the Post Victory Formation podcast on any of the social media outlets, but um, we, not, not, you know, prior to mine and Kyle's draft, but definitely um, prior to the uh, start of the actual season so p- hopefully by preseason game three to four or game three um we're gonna post our list i'm gonna upload a list onto our pages to see if what people think of our list and maybe uh help anybody out with their fantasy draft picks let, you, let do, post- you, you do that mike oh i'm going to i, I want to <laughs> I want I want people to you know get our thoughts because I think a lot of people are on the same page with what we have to say. Yeah, no, I agree. I'm just giving you crap. We, yeah, I know you are. There's uh, yeah, there's Mike and I have very different philosophies when it comes to teams. We'll we'll try to shed some light here into into that these next couple of weeks and help you guys prepare for your fantasy drafts. But with that, Kyle, close us out. All right, guys, thanks for listening to another week of the Post-Victory Formation Podcast. Sorry you missed us last week. We had some things going on. Um, From here on forward, we should be pretty solid from a recording standpoint. So with that being said, give us a like, follow, subscribe on the socials. Share, Share the podcast wherever you get your podcast from share it on those mediums as well we'll talk to you guys next week do all the sharing we need help share like we're asking we are once again asking for your shares thank you all we'll talk to y'all next week